Hello, this is Dr. Parks, and welcome to the Ask Dr. Parks Show. I am a naturopathic physician, and my job is to help you navigate through this world of health and wellness in a natural, holistic way. I have a program called Not Just Wait by Dr. Parks, and it is an amazing wellness program. So during this recording, if you are interested in learning more or possibly participating in my program, you can go to drparks.com and just hit work with Dr. Parks. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello. Today, I am extremely excited because we get to talk about diabetes and it is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about and to see in practice. Um, because it's one of those things that I can actually fix in a short amount of time, which makes me excited because um, if you know me or you get to know me, you'll realize that I am absolutely obsessed with results. Diabetes is cool because you can literally measure the blood sugars every day and you can see progress on a daily basis. And that just gets me super excited. So let's jump into um, this diabetes talk. So I get people with abnormal blood sugars in my practice all the time, constantly. You know, we just live in a society where blood sugars tend to go up pretty quickly and frequently and easily. And so many people are, you know, on the spectrum of diabetes. They're told that their blood, they should watch their sugar. They're told that they are pre-diabetic. They're told that they're diabetic. They're put on medication. After medication, they're told to watch their diet, all sorts of things. And for some reason, despite all of this, there's still so many people who have blood sugar problems. Now, some people just have mild blood sugar problems that can be fixed really, really easily. And then some people have pretty, you know, pretty bad blood sugar problems that last a long time, like they've been going on forever and they're still not better. Now, I have to make the distinction here. We are talking about type 2 diabetes, not type 1. They have the same name, but honestly, they're, they're two different things and they're almost two opposite things. The sorry, the result is the same. It results in high blood sugars, but how this happens is in two completely different ways. So what I'm talking about is type two diabetes that they um, sometimes refer to as adult onset diabetes. So it usually occurs in older people. And I'm saying usually because I've seen a lot of really young people with type two diabetes. So I don't really know that age has anything to do with it. Um, just because we, we just have sugar everywhere all the time. So it's pretty easy for somebody in their twenties or thirties or 40s to have type 2 diabetes, and I've seen that a ton. Um, so let's get into it. Blood sugars. How does your blood sugar go up? Um, you know, straightforward. Your body can't make sugar. You cannot manufacture it. It only comes from one place, and it comes from your diet. So whatever you're putting in your mouth, is most likely the cause of why your blood sugar goes up. Some people have way better sugar tolerance than others. They can eat, you know, candy and drink soda and do all sorts of things. Their blood sugar is just, they're just fine. And then you have some people who literally eat an apple and their blood sugars go crazy. So, you know, there is a lot of individuality when it comes to how your body deals with sugar. There's no like straight mathematical formula that says, if you do this, your blood sugar will do this. It really depends on the person, which makes treating diabetes um, somewhat complicated. 
so now when we look at how diabetes is treated, like if, you know, most people get on a medication, you know, when they first go to their doctor and the blood sugars are up and that medication is almost 100% of the time. Actually, I think they have to do it because of some sort of rules. Everybody gets the same thing. Like they literally get something called metformin or glibazide or some, some variation of those things. And, you know, those medications may help to lower the blood sugar on paper, <laughs> um, but they don't fix the problem and ask anybody who's been on these medications for years, they still have diabetes. And that's always, you know, a little joke I run when people come in and I'm like, oh, how long have you been taking this? And they're like, oh yeah, I've been on this one for 10 years. And I'm like, well, if it worked, how come you're still on it? Why aren't you fixed? You know, why isn't this diabetes gone? And so, you know, people always look at me crazy. Like, what do you mean? That I'm supposed to get better if I take the medicine? Yeah, you are supposed to get better if you take the medicine. So let's figure out why you don't get better or what, what, this, what this is. Because if you don't understand what diabetes is, it's going to be really, really difficult to get rid of it. And it is something that I see go away so often, so frequently. It's, it's you know, almost, uh, I'm so confused as to why people are diabetic for years and years and years and years. So the blood sugar goes up. So sugar is, is, is needed in your body. It's an absolute necessary thing for you to have um, so that you can function. Like a lot of your cells, that's how you get your energy. You need some amount of sugar. The smaller the amount of sugar, the better. Sugar in excess will go through your body and, you know, rip it up. So you eat sugar, right? and uh, your blood sugar goes up. It's pretty, you know, it's, it's pretty normal and natural, and that's okay. If you eat a lot of sugar, your blood sugar should go up. It, if it doesn't go up, then you may have a problem. The thing with diabetes is the blood sugar doesn't go back down, you know, and that's what, what the problem is. High sugar in your blood kind of runs around and like rips stuff up. It's like tiny little shards of glass just like running through your bloodstream and just creating a mess and just creating tons of damage and prematurely aging you and making you feel tired and making you grumpy and, you know, making your organs not work properly. All sorts of things happen when your blood sugars are high. So you don't want to have high blood sugars. Now, your body should be able to bring those blood sugars down within a reasonable amount of time. Usually a couple hours or so after eating something super sugary, your blood sugars should come down. Your body makes a hormone called insulin, and insulin is a hormone that goes to your cells, like your muscle cells and like you know, muscle is a trick to, um, you know, not having diabetes or not having high blood sugars because muscles, they take in a lot of sugar. So the more muscular you are, the, the more likely it is that you can get away with eating a little bit more sugar. So that's a trick, people who, who don't have a lot of muscle. You might want to grab a dumbbell and start working on, on some muscle. But that's what insulin does. It goes to your, your cells and say, you know, knock, 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 open up and take in all the sugar because you cannot have it in the bloodstream. And in a normal environment, that works really, really well. And your blood sugars go down because they get out of your bloodstream and into um, the cells that they need to go. Um, and then those cells use the sugar to make energy and all sorts of stuff. It's great. 
The problem is when you do this too much, like you're always doing a lot of sugar consistently, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you know, some people eat sugar multiple times a day, every single day without even realizing it, you know, but a typical breakfast for somebody who is, you know, eating stuff like muffins or a bagel or cereal, you all, you know, there's sugar there. Like it's not, it's not a, you know, you don't have to guess about the sugar. So you could do that. You could tell that, you know, and you drink soda with your lunch, you eat a sandwich and soda. And then at dinner time, you know, you eat maybe a bowl of rice and some sort of meat, but you're also eating some sort of dessert because at, at nighttime you want something sweet. Um, and you may drink some, some juice or like soda again. Um, you're, you're just sugaring all day. So that makes sense like your blood sugars will be high for a long time and you'll create a lot of damage in your body because that's what you're doing you are literally eating sugar all day um that's easy to explain what's not so easy to explain is when you don't eat sugar all day but your blood sugars are still high now these people have you know some sort of problem like the first set of people who just eat a bunch of sugar they're easy for me to deal with because we literally just change their diets and the sugar just drops and it's amazing. It's beautiful to see that that quick response. Diet changing your diet can change your body almost overnight. I love that. But some people, you change the diet, and guess what? The sugars still don't go down. And that's when I go, uh oh, we really have an issue here because it's not about just you know what you eat. You're eating well, and your sugars are still high. So what's what's the situation with that? I always tell people, everything you eat will turn into sugar unless it's pure fat like oil or butter. That won't turn into sugar. But everything else eventually will, even protein, if you overdo protein. So it's literally everything, even things that are low carb or, you know, oh, that's a whole other conversation. So yes, the sources of, of sugar are, are definitely a big deal. And we'll, we'll try to get into that. And if I don't get into it, there's definitely something on my website about that. So insulin is a great hormone. It is absolutely necessary. If you don't have enough insulin, you have type 1 diabetes, which is the opposite kind of diabetes than what I'm talking about. So insulin comes in and it knocks on the door of your cells and it goes, hello, open up. And this is your cell, right? Open up. And your cell just opens up and the sugar goes in and life is good. But for these people who eat well and somehow their blood sugars are still high, what happens is, you know, the first step is to eat right, right? And But after you're eating right and you're like, oh, I'm still diabetic, nothing, you know, this isn't really helping. So insulin, right? comes in and it's knocking, it's knocking, it's knocking, and it's not getting in. The cell is not responding. And that happens if you become less sensitive to insulin. And it's a situation that your doctors will call insulin resistance. And it means that insulin just does not have the same effect that it was having. So here's an illustration I love to use because people get it. So say I'm sitting next to you, right? And I just start like tapping you, tap, 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 tap. So insulin comes in and it's knocking and you are resistant. So your cells are not opening up. You're not taking in the sugar and the sugar just sits in your blood. Now, if I come next to you and I'm tapping you and I tap and I tap, at first it's annoying and you're like, oh, stop tapping me, stop tapping me. But if I sit there and I keep tapping you and I tap you for hours and hours, you kind of tune it out. You kind of just, um, 
don't pay attention anymore. And that's a little bit like how your cells get because your blood sugars go up so much and you have so much insulin coming out all the time. After a while, that knock, it just, you know, your body just tunes it out and it does not respond to it. So how the blood sugar medications work, at least, you know, the, the, the ones that are first prescribed, the metformin and, and the other ones in that category, how they work, they're like a, a little sledgehammer. So they'll come in, wish I had a sledgehammer. <laughs> they'll come in, right? And instead of a little knock to get the blood sugars in, right, like that, they come in and they like pound on your blood cells. They're like, open up, open up, get the sugar in. And eventually your body opens up and then the blood sugars get in and, you know, the blood sugars will go down if you take one of those medicines. Now, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. Um, one of the, the, the problem with that is, yes, your blood sugars will go down, especially initially if you take one of these medications. The problem is if you don't change you know, the exposure to insulin in the first place, so you don't change your diet and you keep eating sugar and eating other things that contain sugar, um, you know, and eating things that turn into sugar because the sugar thing is pretty complicated. I literally, it's everywhere. Everything will eventually turn into sugar. If you just keep that in your mind, um, you'll get it. It's not just the things that taste sweet. Um, a lot of things that are carbohydrates, things like pasta and bread. I live in North Carolina. I live in North Carolina. And before I came to North Carolina, I had no idea what grits were. And then I moved to North Carolina, and apparently everybody here eats grits. It's literally one of the, the worst things for your blood sugar because it's made from corn. And corn is what we use to make high fructose corn syrup, which is evil. And it really puts your blood sugar up. So a lot of people get up and they eat a bowl of grits and eggs for their breakfast. And their blood sugars go crazy. And they're like, well, I didn't eat any sugar. But you did in the form of corn because corn gets, you know, turned into sugar. So there's so many things. Like Deandra said um, earlier, there's so many things that can turn into sugar that you won't even realize that that can turn into sugar. Um, so you take a medication that comes in like a sledgehammer and beats up your cells and the, the cells are like, okay, fine. They open up and they let, let the sugar in. What happens is after a while, that same resistance just builds up more. So you need more of the medication or you go to your doctor and they're like, mm, your numbers are still bad, sir. Um, so we're going to have to put you on a second medication. And sometimes I've seen people on three medications for diabetes, three. Like, how does one human need three medications to control their blood sugars? I have no idea. But that will happen because the problem is the resistance. That's the problem. The problem isn't that the, the you know, the, the problem just isn't fixed. So more medication, it's not like you have a deficiency in a certain medication, so you just need more of it to function. No, the problem is just getting worse. So they increase the dose. That's the first thing you'll go. You'll probably start on, you know, 500 or 1,000. This is America. So they just start you at 1,000. They don't even bother with 500 because 500 really doesn't work. It didn't do anything. They start you on 1,000 milligrams of metformin, and then they'll go up to the max dose, which is about 2,000 milligrams. So if you are on 2,000 milligrams of metformin, it's because your body is really resistant. So too much insulin is the problem in diabetes most of the time. And you, when you become resistant, you start producing even more to get that effect. And um, you get on a lot of medications if you're in a bad situation. And then guess what happens? It's brilliant. Doctors will literally 
prescribe more insulin. It's like, oh, you're not responding to these medications because you make too much insulin and you're resistant to insulin. So brilliant idea. Let's just give you more insulin. That is literally the worst thing that could happen for somebody who has type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetics don't make any insulin or they make very little of their own. So they're insulin dependent. They need to take insulin. Like there's no, there's no way around that for them. But a type 2 diabetic on insulin will always be diabetic. They will never get better. And they will just need more and more and more insulin just to be normal. And, and the truth of the matter is I've seen time after time where they are on so much insulin and they become so resistant to the insulin that they're making and the insulin that they're taking that their blood sugars just don't go down anyway, even with the medications and the insulin. Um, there's a new medication, um, I think it's called Invokana, and one of my patients, the first time I got introduced to this was uh, one of my patients was taking it, and literally, you know what this medication does? It allows you to pee out sugar. Now, you don't have to be a genius to know that if you're peeing out sugar, it's a bad sign. It's like, <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. Your urine should not have sugar in it. So if that is happening, it's definitely an issue and you need to seek help immediately. But what about like taking a medication that causes you to pee out sugar? It puts so much pressure on the kidneys. It creates a really bad environment. You can get all sorts of bacterial and like yeast infections. And I'm like, why, why would anybody ever do that? Like, why is that medicine even allowed to be around? Like, you know, it's a free world. So if you want to pee out sugar, that's your business. You can, you can do whatever you want, but it doesn't fix the problem. The problem is why is the sugar there in the first place? And it starts with insulin resistance. And so, you know, my method and why we do so well at getting people to have normal blood sugars without the use of drugs is we fix the source of the problem. And number one, first step is to reduce the amount of sugar going in or reduce the amount of foods that turn into sugar um, that are going into the body. Um, and then step two, if there is some level of resistance, then we really work with the cells in the body and help nourish the body to try to reverse some of that resistance. In my practice, we check everything on everybody who comes in. And I learned a long time ago to not take things for granted because I never used to check a lot of these blood markers, but we always check three things. We check the fasting glucose, which every doctor checks. We check the hemoglobin A1C, which is an amazing number because it really gives us an average of how, you know, the blood sugars are doing over three months. And, you know, with the fasting glucose like that, you can, you can fast and eat really well right before you take the test and your number can come back looking great. You know, and I never trust numbers. I really look at the person in front of me. Um, and then I just look at the number as backup. Because one of the things that happens when you have this insulin resistance um, long-term is that you become almost a slave to sugar. When your blood sugars drop below a certain number, like if your blood sugars are just high all the time, once they start dropping, you start craving sugar and almost there's almost nothing you can do about it. It's a, a reflex at some certain times. Certain people who have really bad blood sugar issues are actually hypoglycemic half the time. So I check the A1C 
And the A1C lies sometimes because if you're hypoglycemic, your A1C will come back looking amazing. You'll go to your doctor and doctor will say, oh, you're doing good. Your A1C is good. But no, it's not. It's really not sometimes. If you're hypoglycemic, it means that the A1C is the average. So your blood sugars may be sky high and then they drop down real low. It, but it, it's reading the average, so it will say, oh, yeah, this person is doing good because their A1C is good. But if the doctor doesn't take the time to listen to the patient and listen to their symptoms um, and check their diet, because that's one thing I, I, I really don't understand how a doctor could treat a patient without checking their diet. It's beyond me. But if the doctor doesn't take the time to do that, they might miss hypoglycemia and because they're looking at the A1C and giving the patient a thumbs up while the patient is like going through their day like, up, up, down, up, down, up, down. And when your blood sugars are up, you feel good. <laughs> if you're a type, if you're a high blood sugar person, your body's so used to that, you actually feel fine. When your blood sugars are down, you feel terrible. It can precipitate as a mood. I've seen mood disorders like um, bipolar, manic depression, all of those be precipitated by the fact that somebody's blood sugar is going up and down and they're on all these medications for their mood and it never gets better until we stabilize their blood sugars. So blood sugars have such a big role to play with play within your body and you want to maintain blood sugars as steady as possible you don't want them going up and down that is you know it will wreak havoc on your body and sometimes havoc on your mind like literally you can feel sometimes like you're two different persons um i love the snickers commercials where somebody is like grumpy and angry and just miserable and they give them some snickers and they're like back to their normal self, that person is a raging diabetic. <laughs> and they really have hypoglycemia half the time. So all those people who are eating the Snickers in the commercials and they're like, oh, I feel good now. No, you don't. You, you have a problem. Like you literally need to fix your blood sugars because if your blood sugars drop low, you shouldn't feel like that. And your body should have a way um, to prevent the blood sugars from going too, too low. So that's basically a lot of what goes on with diabetes. It's just not treated properly. Um, diet is always going to be king above everything else. Like there, you can't take, you know, I'm an, I'm a naturopathic doctor, so I don't prescribe any drugs, um, or at least not in this state. <laughs> um, but most naturopathic doctors don't, but in certain states we do, but we shouldn't. Um, unless it's an emergency or something really acute, you know, so some states will, will do that. But for the most part, we, we practice with, without the use of drugs and surgery and we do things naturally. So the first thing to do naturally is look at the source and the only source of sugar. You know, there's some endogenous or in, internal, like, um, production of sugar if you are fasting or you know doing stuff like that because your body needs a little bit of sugar but there isn't much and you will you cannot run on that for more than a few days after a while you'll run out of all the sugar that your body can store the other thing with excess sugar and we won't get into it too much today is out you know your body will store a few days worth of fuel in, in you know as something called glycogen um, but after that, it just turns all the excessive amounts of sugar into fat because you can't, you just can't have it in your, your body. So it's going to turn it into fat. And um, I'll probably do a post about this. The first place it turns it into fat is on top of your liver. So if any of you have gone to the doctor and the doctor is like, oh my God, you have a fatty liver. Um, it's because you've been eating too much sugar. Um, you could have also been doing too much alcohol, which I think is a less, well, let me not say that. 
men with women it's a less likely thing um the, that women are doing too much alcohol most women don't drink as much as men in my um experience i'm sure they're the exceptions to the rule but if you have a fatty liver chances are you're doing too much sugar um and alcohol or a combination of both or whatever so don't do that like you've got to cut down on the sugar um, and I cannot end this post, even though it's going a little long, I can't end this post without saying, not eating sugar does not mean you eat sugar-free things. It doesn't mean you eat, you know, diet Coke or whatever, <laughs> diet stuff. Um, it doesn't mean you do that. That is probably and one reason why people become insulin resistant. One of the things I've told people too, if you have a lot of abdominal fat or what looks like abdominal fat, I like to say, you know those men who are super skinny, like they've skinny arms and skinny leg and you know no butt, they're like a straight line, but then they have a giant basketball belly. Um, that belly is 99% not all fat. Like it's usually some fat, it's usually a fatty liver. And when wherever there's fat, there's fluid. So fluid actually collects in the abdomen. And they, if you touch that belly, it's pretty hard. Um, and the, they walk around with a big collection of fluid um, because of the fatty liver. And again, it's usually due to too much sugar or too much alcohol or a combination of the above. So don't eat fake sugars because fake sugars will make that insulin resistant. Um, thing we just talked about even worse why because when your 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 body is smart when your tongue tastes the sweetness it sends a signal to your brain and then to your pancreas and it's a whole situation that happens um, and your body shoots out insulin because it is getting ready it's anticipating that that blood sugar rise so it's sending out insulin to say hey go tap on these cells and and so that they can take in the sugar um the problem with sugar-free stuff is that your blood sugar actually doesn't go up like it's supposed to it's completely abnormal for you to eat something sweet and your blood sugar not go up that's the problem because if your blood sugar doesn't go up and you have insulin because you just sweetened your thing with Splenda or whatever um, it's a problem. It's a problem because you are now exposing your body to insulin unnecessarily and you will become insulin resistant as a result. So doing sugar-free products, if you are diabetic or you're concerned about your sugar, if you're trying to lose weight, whatever it is, just it will make the situation worse in the long run. It won't make it worse in a day or two. But if you do this for weeks or months or even years, you're actually just becoming more and more insulin resistant and um, more likely to develop diabetes if you don't already have it. If you already have diabetes, you are less likely to get rid of diabetes because you're doing all the sugar-free stuff. We have a full body detox where we go 14 days without sugar. Um, and most people after the detox are like, everything is so sweet. I literally can't eat the sweet stuff anymore because you finally can taste it. When you're eating sugar all the time, your taste buds get numb and you really don't taste it. You just need more and more and more. Um, so, but you don't need sugar. You don't need to eat sugar. You don't need to add it to anything. You don't need excessive amounts of sugar because it's in everything. As I said, even your vegetables will convert into some amount of sugar. My tendency is towards more low carb, low sugar foods and more protein and fat because that's healthier for you and your hormones and all of this good stuff. It's like I, no matter what the diet is, like you need to eat whole, real, natural foods that came from the earth or, you know, something that was born and had a mom. The best diet for you is the one that actually worked for you.
<laughs> oh, here's Miss Ingrid. I love it. I love it. I need a testimonial from you. I don't ever ask for testimonials. It's very rare. But she said she lost eight pounds of fluids in her first week. Yes, because um, you know, the fat and the sugar carries fluid with it. So every, you know, all the sugar and carbs in your body will kind of carry sugar, um, fluid with it. And so when you, you stop eating the sugar and you get rid of the sugar that you're stored, then you do let go of a lot of that fluid that goes with it. Um, a lot of people will say, oh yeah, you go on a diet and you lose a lot of water weight at first. And yes, you have to lose the water weight if your blood sugar goes down. It's a good thing. Um, so that's my, my talk on diabetes. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. You can also head over to drparks.com and get more information and also ask me questions. Now, till next time, remember, when you have health questions, ask Dr. Parks.